Hey there, Margie Bryce here bringing you the Krabby Pastor Podcast. And I don't think you're going to be too surprised to know that it's too easy today to become the Krabby Pastor. Our time together will give you food for thought to help you be the ministry leader fully surrendered to God's purposes and living into whatever it takes to get you there and keep you there. So we're talking about sustainability in ministry. I left the last episode with Kathy, the charismatic Catholic, who became my spiritual director. And this happened It began during the era when I was working in the doctoral process, and then she followed me for years into the era where I served at Downriver United Methodist Church, which is southwest of Detroit. Now, Kathy was a gift to me. We met monthly at various places. One of my favorites was in the atrium at Genesis Hospital in Grand Blanc, and there's lots of waterfall kind of noises in there, babbling brook kind of noises, trees and like full-size trees and all kinds of stuff. That was beautiful in there. And you could meet in there in the winter, and that was especially lovely then. And Christmas in the atrium was especially lovely as well. But Kathy was just a gift to me. She would listen very intently to what I was saying. And as spiritual directors want to do, they are asking you, where is God in this? And so I know I have been deeply impacted by that. I don't think there's any way you could not. We were spiritual director companions for at least seven years, I think. She was notorious for certain sayings and things she would say to me, and I'd be like, yeah, 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 because they do give a different kind of feedback than, say, a coach would. She would tell me routinely to stop shooting on myself, and that was when I would start saying, well, I should be doing this, and I should be doing that, and I should be doing this, and I should be doing that, and she would tell me stop shooting on yourself. And I do actually use that phrase on other people because we get easily trapped into that. I'm sure you know what I'm talking about. She also would say to me, uh, you don't have trouble staying on the path that God has for you. You have trouble finding peace on the path. So, and I've said about myself, I could successfully make myself insane without any help from anybody at all. And that is very true. How we speak to ourselves is really important. And I have been working on that as many people have, you know, I need to be as kind to myself as say Jesus would be. And I need to be uh, just kinder I say stuff to myself that I know a best friend wouldn't even say to me, I don't think. But the one that really used to, at the moment, kind of make me grit my teeth a bit, (laughs) that she would say, is, you're living your dissertation. You're living your dissertation. And I thought, well, yeah, how appropriate is that? But what I talked about in my dissertation was kenosis from a very practical standpoint, and that's kenosis from Philippians 2. Uh, Kenosis as in Christ emptied himself of himself. 
and became a servant to God's purposes, kenosis. And I'm always interested in the practical thing, like, okay, so you know the theology, you know this, you know that. What does it look like in real life is always real important to me. So my dissertation was called Pastoral Understanding of Kenosis, and I surveyed pastors from a practical standpoint about their perception of of kenosis, what it means to be surrendered to God's purposes in practical ways. So I didn't ever use the word in the survey. I never used the word kenosis, but Kathy would take great delight in pointing out to me when I was challenged by my own dissertation work in terms of how well I was being surrendered to God's purposes. How well was I being on God's agenda compared to my own agenda? How well was I Living into my identity as a servant of Christ, as I was a pastor, I banned the word a volunteer pretty much and said, no, we're not, we don't want volunteers, we want servants, because I wanted to help form the idea that we are all servants of Christ. And so we like being identified as a servant of Christ. And in my dissertation, I I ran into some literature that talked about a little formula that we like to be the, like the identity of being a servant of Christ. And then there's a part where participation with God, doing the work in the world that God would have us to do, then yields an authenticity, an authentic representation of Christ. But Pastors, like everybody else, are not fond of that participation piece in the middle, an active discipleship of following Christ in the middle, because that's where the rubber meets the road, you know. That is where our character can be formed and shaped. Clergy also seemed to resist questions in my survey when the word surrender was used. Anytime that cropped up, that kind of got a low mark from them. I think my concern with the dissertation piece and wanting to see how well my peers understood kenosis, and certainly (laughs) I was living it and learning it my own self, was that too many churches operate like a franchise. And as long as the franchise manager, aka the pastor, was doing the franchise dance, well, you know, all was perceived as good to go. And I was challenged with how did that fit in with living into God's purposes for that specific community of believers. So I needed from Kathy a safe place, a safe place where I could just be myself and not be judged or having not enough faith, courage, or feeling like I'm too broken to serve or that I was too... I don't know. Some people say direct. Maybe you say crabby. I have no idea. Just It's just who I am as a person. I needed to have you know, real talk with someone. I needed real guidance and I needed some real solutions. And I was concerned about the spiritual aspect of things. So I got the spiritual director. And I know I said in the last episode that in part I got it because I couldn't find colleagues who would sit down and do some serious accountability, discussion. Sometimes I think colleagues can be a little too competitive with each other, which is actually the exact opposite of 
kenosis. That's what Paul talks about in the passage preceding Philippians 2. Stop electioneering. That means stop climbing over each other to get the advantage, because that was the polar opposite of what Christ did. Hey there, this is Margie here, your host of the Krabby Pastor podcast, and I want to urge you to stop surrendering your best self so that you can avoid the burnout that plagues so many ministry leaders. Uh, You don't want to become a crabby pastor, that's for sure. So what I've developed is a self-assessment journal-style product called Radical Self-Care, Sustainability for Your Life and Ministry. And what I'm going to do is have the link to it in the show notes so you can go there. It will be the best $29 that you could spend. You can spend then your time. Take time. That's something we don't do when we have big issues. You can take the time to explore how you view self-care and how you need to pursue it a little more. And I'm not about offering you a checklist, that's for sure, but I want to see how self-care can be knit into your heart and into your life so that you can go the distance that God has for you to go. So I, I sat in meetings with other colleagues not related to accountability where they would say, well, we, what's going on in your life? Let's all share something good that's going on. You'd go around the table and there was always at least one that would say, well, we just finished our $5 million edition. So, you know, anybody that sat there and, and just the idea of even being able to do a $5 million construction thing, which the average church in the United States is like around 75 or something. You sit and listen to that. I mean, it's like beating your chest like you're a gorilla or something. I don't know. It just was like, okay, I you you could have said you were, you just finished your edition. You did not have to put the price tag on there for the rest of us lowly schleps that, you know, can't be there with you or can't even envision that. And we're back trying to figure out how we can get our congregations to care about their communities around them. So I needed a safe place where I could be myself. I needed that. And I needed the spiritual director to ask, you know, the questions like, well, where is God in this? And she would ask that when things were, in my opinion, going bad. Like, so then I'd have to sit there and think, well, um, Theologically, I could tell you, God never leaves you nor forsakes you, but certainly feels like God has given up the ship uh, at the moment. So, but she would really press me on that, and I would be forced to reflect and remember. It was just a time where I could just sit and talk about the big picture issues or the things that, that God was knocking on my heart about that. And I've been greatly influenced by the time I spent with Kathy, and we're still friends, by the way, and our relationship kind of moved and shifted when I stepped back from pastoral ministry, but I was greatly influenced by her. She ignationed me really good, so I know more about Ignatius of Loyola than I ever thought I would, and including uh, discernment. And I do have a class for that, by the way, about discernment. It's real practical. (laughs) It's way more practical than you'll 
you'll ever think. Who knew? Who knew that that thing on our shoulders is not a hat rack? <laughs> that God uses our mind and our, our heart and our soul all together to help with discernment. But I digress. But having a spiritual director was one way that I could be helped by someone else to fulfill the calling that the Lord placed on my life. And and I could do it with a renewed vigor, a renewed energy, and find some joy in what I'm doing. Because I've said that to Jesus before. I, I don't want to do this if I can't find joy in it, okay? I'll do anything, but I just don't want to, you know, have it just... And pastoral ministries is challenging. Sometimes it's harder to find the joy. Sometimes you need somebody to come alongside you. That is the value of a spiritual companion. You need someone to come alongside you to help point it out. (laughs) Here's where it is. You're looking right past it. And then you kind of go, oh, oh. I needed to be spirit-led and I needed some clarity and some creativity for uh, long-term, long-term clarity, long-term creativity sounds pretty good to me. So she walked with me through the doctoral process, and, and I learned the value of bringing other people alongside me. I mean, you have people in your congregations that, you know, become on the order of friends ish, although you go back and forth about, should I have, I've seen Facebook posts like this, should I have friendships in my congregation, like real friends who really get to see who you are, friends, and people go back and forth on that topic. However, I think finding finding friendships outside of your congregation is the safest and in your long-term, the long-term best interest of your work as a pastor. And it's not that you don't want to be real with your people, but you need to know when it's too much sharing. And I've had to learn that before. Okay, that's more than what you need to say. You really didn't have to say that. So, you know, you can have the best of intentions and just have it be taken the wrong way. So, so it was another person, you know, besides my husband and besides my friend Cindy and the doctoral program that, you know, helped me over the finish line. Well, you know, my husband basically said, because I think I was whining. I'm sure I was whining one day and I, I said, I don't know. I don't know if I can finish this because when you get all done, you do all this literature review, you do all this surveys, and then you get all this data And then you sit there with all of it, and I go, I don't even know what this means. (laughs) Oh my goodness, what have I got myself into? So you do that. Finally, you dig through and and things bubble up. But then you're stuck with formatting your paper at the end. And I actually helped a colleague. She was kind of stressed. She had done everything. I was finished at that point with mine. And she said, I just can't make it do this and this in Word. And I said, just bring it over here. We'll we'll get it. Because I remember being stressed at the end. Oh, my goodness, they're not going to give me this degree that I worked so hard on because I can't format my paper right, you know. <laughs> so it does come down to that at the end. And anybody who's suffered that path. And, and as I pointed out earlier, this was not my idea to go down this path. But it was the path that God had for me so that I can live into God's purposes. So, you know, my husband, I do want to say something about that real briefly, and I'll say more about that in my next 
episode for sure, but, you know, he he threatened basically to drop me off at the school and not pick me up until I was done with it. <laughs> so, I mean, he's in, they're invested too. They're invested in your ministry and everything. And they're the ones that probably listen to you whine the most, possibly, although we need to figure out when that's not a great idea to do because of their work within the congregation as well. And you don't want them influenced by the stuff that you're having to go through. And that's a whole topic in and of itself. But yes, Craig definitely nudged me over the finish line. (laughs) Cindy and I drug each other over the finish line. And my spiritual director, well, she is on the, at the beginning of my doctoral page is acknowledgments. And she is highly acknowledged for the role that she played as a spiritual companion. And as I've said repeatedly, and will continue to say repeatedly, we all need other people. We all need to acknowledge the gift that other people can be to us, the gift that God quite often sends to us. Even if we recruit them, where we think we're the ones that recruited them, we like to look at it that way. But we need to look at the gift that other people are and can be to us. And that would be the value then of having a spiritual director, of having a coach as well, because coaches ask different kinds of questions. However, I will say that as a coach, I am heavily influenced by uh, a spiritual director. And so I know I bring that to bear as well. So I will catch you in the next episode. Hey, thanks for listening. It is my deep desire and passion to champion issues of sustainability in ministry and for your life. So I'm here to help. I stepped back from pastoral ministry and I feel called to help ministry leaders uh, create and cultivate sustainability in their lives so that they can go the distance with God and whatever plans that God has for you. I would love to help. I would consider it an honor. And in all things, make sure you connect to these sustainability practices, you know, so that you don't become the crabby pastor.